Hello there, D&D aficionados and good peoples of the role-playing pantheon. Welcome to... Members from a Chimney. Part 2 A Crimson Nid podcast that will journey with four wayward adventurers into the heart of the Southlands, a land of mystery and adventure, where riches and dangers await those brave enough to cross the wild expanses. My name is Stacy, and my player and game master handle is Dagobah. The campaign setting is Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using Fantasy Grounds Virtual Tabletop. So, no more to be said. Let's just sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Welcome to Session 20. Our recap of the previous session begins with a conversation about hats. Who got them? But otherwise, it begins in a chamber at the back of the Chules or Abolith's lair. It is dark. Dark for everyone except Volan, Thorn, and Bruce. So really, it's just dark for Clicker. But anyway. Or maybe I should say everyone can see in the dark except for Clicker. Oh, there you go. You said in the next next mm-hmm. part. <laughs> I did. Yeah, you had lived right over the top of something that was already written. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. the, the way this sentence structure is put together is terrible. Anyway. You jerk. <laughs> Keep going. Who can't, who can't see shit? Well, not without some light, that is. In this chamber is a period, pyramid-shaped altar that has a stone sphere on top instead of a pointy bit. This altar is decked out with protrusions and indentations that are full of ancient meaning. Meanings that elude the one-time slave archaeologist Thorn. Why doesn't he succumb with curiosity for baffling ancientness? Is that a word? Anyway. Is it because of the black scorpions in the chamber that don't sing the bejesus out of him? What is it that what is that odd moment click in one hand and two black scorpions in the other? Voland declares, that's not right and stubs his toe in for splitting his attention between exploring the chamber's rubble and watching your investigations. Grasping a wee teeny candle for light, Clicker shakes free of Thorn's hand. That altar, it picks deeper investigation. Oh, inspection, actually, in this, in this case. The sockets pull Clicker's attention, and she misses how the candle catches a strange shifting of metallic silver and red within the stone. But Bruce... He sees, and with his dwarven stone cunning, is shaken to the core. So shaken. This stone must come with him. And so lift, if lifted, he tries, and... Nope. Tools! He'll need tools! I mean, his party's full of tools, but... Boom, boom. Clicker reaches into the only empty socket, exploring with fingertips, and loses, his, uh, loses her hand. Nope, that doesn't say that. Threaded grooves spiral down clockwise, and at the bottom of the socket is a stone. The real stone. A quest be done and accomplished. Time to leave, says Thorn. Don't know whether I said it in that way, but sure. But no, Clicker, Bruce, and Volan are still curious. Bruce places his secret eight red coins into the indentations on the altar. Click, click, a perfect fit. Clicker tries to unscrew one of the socketed 11 devices. She fails. Volan tries too but not before Thorn and Bruce take cover. Good thing they did, because with a mighty twist and tug, Volan breaks free one of the rusted-in devices. A spark in shockwave pulses out from the ancient altar. 
Clicker and Bruce are knocked prone. The chamber shakes. Yep, now it's time to leave. On exiting the lair and returning to the scene, uh, Sonote, the voice of Il Namuj calls down to Thorn in greeting. He is answered by the mimicry of Clicker, pretending to be Thorn. With the redhead's aid, you are pulled up and free. What odd fortune brought Ichnimuj? Was it the same as it brought Bruce? Weariness and a desire for payment stirs the group's feet. And they head back to Elm Twinkle's land with little talk. The quiet, not adventurer, adventurer Ichnimuj p- takes point and leads the way back, puffing his long stemmed pipe. Hours pass as you trudge through the jungle, its sweltering heat pulling the sweat out of you. The sun drops quickly and evening sets when there is a stirring from the floor ahead. Hunting raptors attempting to flack you, but every but even wary and bleeding, you stop them short and claim your due. What comes next? How about we find out? Rules clarification, additional storage. Added this new Such a jerk. You can stop that jerk. <laughs> you can edit that out, right? Yeah. No, let's just leave that one in there. Yep. Yeah, of course. We, the, everybody needs to know that's what happened when you let when when you let Tua read. So I won't be reading next time. Ah, that's fine. <laughs> or I need to do a I'm, worse I'm job not, next time. I'm not. Well, okay, then maybe not. I mean, rules clarification always has some meaning, right? Whether it's drowning rules or falling <laughs> rules, it, it somehow always comes into play. Well, it's, it's important for it. It's important for our dear listeners to hear about our rules. Yeah, yeah, homebrew rules. Like, never make fun of the DM. Otherwise, yeah, that's you die. A rule. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that one. Seems yeah. to come, Death come is to not be. an option. Death is an option. It's very much an option. Oh, okay. okay. But for only Volan's character, or well, um, <laughs> yeah. Ryan's character, because Vol, <laughs> he's not here. Volan's character. Yeah, that's right. It's Volan's character, and Ryan is just the uh, NPC, or not? The, he's the PC. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is sunset on the 21st of December and the sounds of the jungle, its thrum returns to your ears as the adrenaline of battle subsides. You watch as Volan with deft cuts works to remove some claws from the felled dinosaur. Your afternoon traveling companion leans against a nearby tree, taking deep gulps, deep gulps of air. What are you going to do? Oh, I should change this here because it is sunset. Forgot about that. Yep. Here we are. Sunset. Are you going to miss this when we move to Fantasy Grounds Unity? Uh, probably because there's, I don't know. I, I like the idea of how that little fade happens to kind of give you, I don't know. I, I think it kind of adds a bit of atmosphere. Maybe that's just me. As Clicker is climbing down from that tree high up in the canopy or towards the canopy even no you're still you ways away you're 30 feet up yeah. yeah that's that's not in the canopy yet no uh, so <laughs> why did the you correct are- me that was <laughs> that was completely right <laughs> all right yeah and you can see that it's almost as if her fingertips were cover- covered with the hair that Spyrus used to climb. She just 
seems to magic magically attach to that surface of the tree. And she comes down and just very casually, despite having a hurt shoulder and everything, exclaims, Itch, Nemooch! Don't be such... A wee-wee! <laughs> this was not ex exciting at all! And then she finally touches ground again and stems her fists into her hips. Your voice changer is not working. It is not? Yet, yeah, that was just you. That was... that is Vori. Um, <laughs> taking care of it. I, hey, I don't you mind. You become ordinary. <laughs> You're no longer exceptional. It should exceptional. not be ordinary! That still is the same. Honestly, I think it sounds better without the voice changer, but anyway. It's all fine. And you're a little bit surprised to see him do this coming down the tree like that because his sombrero stays on. Or his, my bad, so sorry. Her sombrero stays on really well, seeing how big it is on her head. Yes, and Ijnamuj is kind of leaning against a tree. He picks his long-stemmed pipe back up off the ground, brushes it off a bit, and kind of still sits there, and he's just breathing hard for a bit. <sighs> well, that... that was... unexpected. Oh, well, um, did you expect, um, we would travel safely? He looks at you closely, and he's like, well, Master Thorn and Master Thorn's companions, yes, in fact, I did indeed believe that we would... I mean, is that not the case? It has been my experience that uh, we uh, seem to get ourselves into uh, scraps more than would seem prudent. Don't you agree, Volan? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Nolan? <laughs> Nolan, wake up. Oh, yeah. I should just, I'm going to ping him once more. Why, yes, sir, I, I surely do agree that is probably correct. <laughs> no, that's so wrong. <laughs> oh, that's certainly not Volan's voice. <laughs> It'd be more like, mm, yes. <laughs> Something like that. I'm just doing Boland's keeper. I'm not doing his voice. I'm just doing the keeper. <laughs> you got. You got to. You got to just go like down three octaves, and then uh, that'll be closer to it. You can't put in the wow, southern so, twist because yeah. that's that's Thorn. Thorn's got the southern twist. So he's yeah. Um, we do. It is, I suppose. I mean, back in back in the tribal lands, when you're out, well, to the south was uh, some of the there were some Tuscali hives to the south, but we hadn't seen them in years, so it was fairly quiet. I mean, yeah, it is interesting that we seem to bump into so many things. Well, surely our luck will change for the better. Anyway, is it much further to? Um that uh, Elm Twinkle abode. Ijn Mudge, he's he kind of sits there and he uh, taps the tobacco out of his pipe and he puts some more in there and 
kind of looks up and he gets that long look in his eyes and puts the tobacco back in his the pipe back in his mouth and then he lights it up and he takes some puffs and gets the smoke going a bit and so he takes him a, a couple of minutes before he answers and he's like yeah that's right master thorn it's uh i do believe if we just keep going and he points in this direction we should be there i mean it'll be night for sure and he looks over at all of you well i'm are you sure it's wise to continue on? I wouldn't mind just taking a minute, an hour to just, you know, recuperate a bit before we keep going. Whether we take an hour or not, it's going to be full dark before we get back. Flicker moves up and almost sticks her finger in his face, pointing at the at the pipe. What? what you seems are to talking about wise... Have you seen what a chimney looks like above the fire? That's because of the smoke. That's what you look like from the inside. No wonder you are huffing and puffing. We don't need any rest. And she definitely looks hurt. As she's saying this, and you can see that she clearly is, is putting up a show just to just to play him down somehow. Apparently, still somehow offended by not being taken seriously as Thorn as she came up. Well, I'm, my lady. I have to say, if you could continue on in your condition, you are mighty strong. I myself. God's willing. Nope, I couldn't do it. Even with Ronveig, I well, with Ronveig perhaps I could, but uh, without her, nope. It is a tough one. I mean, I feel a little tired, but I could certainly keep going. Um, what do you think, Bruce? Brian? Um, Brandon? No, no, his, his name is Bruce. Come on, Master Thorn. Bella. Beatrix. What? I'm ambivalent. I don't really care. I've got stuck with that damn accent. <laughs> you have, haven't you? <laughs> uh, it's contagious. I am not caring what, what it is that we are doing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I have got rid of it. It is gone. <laughs> Suddenly Bruce turns Indian. Nice. Yes. You guys to see as well, like... Ijnamuj is sweating quite a bit, but at the same time, you do notice Thorn and, yeah, Clicker as well. You do notice that Bruce is also covered in sweat, and in fact, he's looking fairly pale. Need you to roll me a constitution saving throw, Bruce. Ah, uh, tis but a scratch. So... As you answer that, you feel your stomach just turns. And you know that you are moments, like if you don't move off, you're just, you're going to, you're going to vomit all over your, these people that you're traveling with. It's in a do I care? So you, you vomit over everybody? I, 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 st I step away and then, and then just vomit, uh, quietly in the corner. See, 
if you get it out of your system, he's ready to go. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably not as I'm probably not as as, as as good as I think I am. Maybe, maybe the little maybe the little smokestack's got a, a good idea. Maybe we should just take a take a break. Actually, before you vomited, you were actually feeling pretty weak as well. The pain of the cuts that you'd taken have just, they caught up to you for a moment. And I mean, your dwarven constitution was being really taxed. But after you vomited, you actually feel not so bad anymore. You're still hurting, but you don't feel as, as weary as you had been. I wonder if I've been poisoned. Medical expert Clicker had the situation exactly figured out, right? So Clicker. Just vomit once. Yep. <laughs> you need to give me one level of exhaustion, though, Bruce. You feel better, but not as, not completely good. I, I, I think if we keep going, I may be a bit slowed. And I hope that, uh, doesn't drag you down, guys. Well, I mean, have you seen uh, Clicker? She's uh, barely moving at all. And I think the quicker we get back to um, the town, um, the, the better she'll be feeling in the morning. Clicker again sims her fists into her hips and puffs her, puffs her chest and makes this... She opens her beak like always when she's talking, but instead... She now is mimicking the bellows. So there is this <laughs> sound. And, and Volan's looking a bit crap as well. I'm fine. Yeah, you're not really, lady. You're not. Okay, I give up. I'm not fine. Let's yeah. rest. Let's just take it. Take a deep breath and... Kick on again early tomorrow. Well, looks like um, I'm outvoted. I'm so... Well, Master Thorn, I, I think your companions at this time are... They have a... It's a wise idea. And he drops his big backpack off of his back and breathes a sigh of relief as he kind of just takes a seat down on that. Well, here's a good place as any... I, Although, um, not sure, maybe not staying near those corpses is all that wise. They will draw predators. Yeah, I... That's a very logical thing to say. Maybe we should, um, move off a bit, eh, before? You didn't get a hand with yeah. anything. I mean, you're listening to me now that you want to move? I mean, you want to stay and then you want to move? What's going on? Well, Master Thorn, I, I would very much still like to take a moment to recover, but maybe over on that side, over there, like maybe just another couple hundred feet? Sure, why not? And um, he just follows the group as they stagger to the point of where they're trying to set up. Volin is kind of, at the same time, he's just trying to take the claws that he'd cut from the dinosaurs and trying to do something with some leather that he had to uh, make himself a little necklace of sorts. As long as we don't have 
to deal with the flies and the jungle rats? Have you heard about jungle rats? Surely you jest. I haven't either. I mean, my trip to Elm Twinkle's uh, land, it was a long trip, but not once was I ever led astray or... I'm sure Ronvig would have... Ronvig would have... Uh, well, she, I can depend on her quite a bit, but if we would have encountered something... Well, I'm talking about the corpses. They will attract flies and jungle rats. Flies and jungle rats, for sure. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Wise words. Vicar has absolutely no idea what she's talking, and she's not even hiding it. Talking about, I should say. And you can see, too, that Ijnamuj, like, he nods as you talk and is really full-on believing what you're saying. To the rest of the group who know her a little better, it is clear that she she seems very shaken from the last few hours and what happened. Plus everything that happened before, really. And she just seems, because she's so, so outgoing suddenly and, and making one silly joke after another, something is, is not exactly right. It's a bit worrying. She seems on the verge of perhaps breaking. Bruce finds a nice comfy tree to go to sleep under. And he does. So you guys are... You're you're going to go to sleep right on the spot, Bruce? Or are you, you guys wandering off to find a, a extra spot? Oh, yeah. I thought we already had done the wandering off bit. Well, as you wander off, Volan kind of sits back a bit and you can see that he's kind of doing a little bit of butchering there. When he comes to rejoin you guys... He's got some meat that he's going to start cooking on a fire. Uh, Volan, um, maybe uh, we uh, don't uh, create a fire. I mean, we uh, walked away from that uh, meat that could attract a predator. The flame could do the same. Well, I thought flames tend to keep predators away. They don't like fire. And the smoke will keep the bugs away. Well, if we are attacked by a creature because you attracted one, I am going to say I told you so. And this hasn't been the first time. Not my fault. Isn't it, though? When have I ever attracted a, a creature? Uh, look, I'm just trying to make sure that the rest of the group, who is looking quite terrible, gets through this mess. Indeed. Well, it does make sense, but I think this is the wise decision now. I mean, this is what we did down in the south, you know. When you're out and uh, you wanted to keep things away. I mean, we, what? I mean, further south, past the the lands of the Tuscali, is the, uh, the there's more jungles down there. But no, we never went down there, and uh, so I, I wouldn't really know. But in the forests and the grasslands where I'm from, yeah, you make a fire and that kept things away clicker is clearly way too late and she obviously has thought about this for for way too long there was a question and she says 
actually, back in the dungeon, you are the one attracting a shadow creature. And then she points at him, like, gotcha. <laughs> he kind of looks there a little bit dumbfounded at you, at, at your words, and he's like, uh, I don't know if it was me necessarily. I, I was coming to find you. Only you saw it. Of course it was you. And um, I, I have to point out uh, that strange behavior when um, you uh, attacked one of those creatures before that it had a kill. That was very strange. Um, yes, that, I mean, normally when I use a Eldritch Blast or the tentacles, it's not like that. So yeah, that wasn't... It was definitely strange, but I'd rather not talk about it. Well, just uh, make sure you don't do anything silly like that now. Kind of nods as he starts looking for some dry, mossy substances in order to, to start getting the fire going. Yes, of course. Nijnamuj just kind of sits down there, kind of waiting and watching Volan, but not getting up to help. Just smoking, puffing on his pipe. Of course he doesn't do anything to help. Why would he do that? He looks over at you. Master Thorn. Um, so we were kind of talking a bit before. You, um, so you weren't out with the Ashen Bats then, you were saying. Uh, no. Should I have been? Well, I mean, we were talking a little bit about the fiends from the pit, and I thought, well, there's tiefling up there. Not so many. It's mostly fiends. It is very dangerous, and I heard that the ashen bats are probably the most civilized tribe about there, but um, they're usually tribe of works. You weren't out there, were you? No, I haven't had no uh, experiences with uh, fiends, and I would like to keep it that way if possible. But, um, can, can I ask, Master Thorn, where are you from? To the north. I think that's all you need to know. Like, are, are you from the, the lands of the Empire of Nuria Natal? Would I know what that is? Yeah, that's Nuria Natal is the desert nation where Perkush, Perbestet, um, your home city is within Nuria Natal. Okay. I, I would look at him go. Uh, I don't think that is uh, relevant information. Can you give me a per perception check? Sure. <laughs> yeah, he's scratching at his neck and stuff like this because he's clearly uncomfortable where in this position where he's at in the, the heat and humidity of the jungle, even though very quickly the sun begins to s is setting very fast. 
and he's scratching at his neck and just kind of pulling his shirt away and you can see on his neck he's got this really massive looking uh, tattoo of of a uh, flame is he scratching at the actual tattoo itself no it just becomes more more noticeable as he's scratching and you do notice i mean he's still wearing those those eyebrow rings and those earrings that go up his ear with and whatnot They're just so not the thing to be wearing in a jungle and he, he kind of scratches around that and kind of rubs that very clearly he's not comfortable it's, and it's just the heat he's not comfortable with i have to admit master thorn i mean sure i'm curious to know where you're coming from but bloody hell it's hot down here i don't remember it being this uncomfortable on the way up to um twinkle's lands I think you just need to harden up. First, you're complaining about needing a rest, and now you're complaining about the heat. Well, it, it is uncomfortable, but I surely am grateful. Uh, th- thank you for that. That smells wonderful. Uh, he kind of looks at the big trollkin. Uh, sorry, Master Thorne. What are the names of your companions? Well, um, that uh, troll who's uh, setting up the uh, fire. His name is Fallen. I think the other two can uh, see whether they want to say their names or not. My name would be Thorn. <laughs> he looks at you with <laughs> this odd look. He goes, Come now, uh, Ravenfolk companion of Master Thorn. My lady, certainly you jest too much about that. Are you one of his servants yes ah right like uh what kind of servant the pause that follows is way too long and then she says i build walls he makes you build walls i see Odd. Not heard that before. It's a uh, metaphorical. Hmm. And uh, the large fellow there, he too is one of your servants, Master Thorn. Who, Volan? Yes. No. He, uh, um, why would uh, I be uh, normally have his, having servants? That, that just seems, uh, a little odd that you should be uh, suggesting this. He, he looks kind of thunderstruck by what you're saying. Um, but you're a Caucasian tiefling. And that is an issue. Why? Certainly not an issue, my good man. It is clearly you are someone to command other people listen I don't like the uh, cut of your jib he reaches into his he's not like he's just wearing very fine traveler's clothes that are starting to look sweat stained but he reaches into a fold and he pulls out from the, the fold of his shirt and on it on his hand he's holding out a black scorpion and can you give me a history check? 
and there's power out in the open. Uh, let's go for in the open's fine. You recognize seeing this black scorpion. You're not. It's not that you're surprised at seeing it, but you're a little bit more surprised that how readily you recognize it. And it sits on his palms, and it doesn't raise its pincers up like those other ones had back inside the lair. But it sits there, and it, it spins around on his hand, looking left and right, spinning around, looking all about it as it kind of skitters around on his hand, and it stops to look at you. And as before, you get this... With the sounds that it's making, you get the very distinct impression that you know it. You know its name. Clicker also knows it, and she knows it's a scorpion. So she straightens up and completely freezes with her eyes wide open, staring at the scorpion like a predator, waiting for the prey to make a bad move. <laughs> Are you doing this, like, extremely visible or secretive? Yes, it's it's super visible. So at that moment, Ijinamuj is like, he sees you, his eyes pop up. Master Thorn, control your companion. What? Why would they ever hurt Tsk? Have you seen um, what she is? Ishnamuj? She's a bird. But civilized, I think not. Well, that's for her to uh, elaborate, but um, she is certainly useful. Well, they're your companions. I really can't say one way or another. You, um, and they're not your servants then. I can neither confirm or deny. <laughs> oh, okay, I understood. Um, just so you, and, and you're saying though that you're, um, here in Elm Twinkle's lands, but you didn't come from the sinkhole, and you you didn't come from Nangui, the, the capital. I do not understand how that is so hard to believe. Well, I, mean, I just assumed really that you, those would be the paths one would come. I thought perhaps, I mean, my purpose, I thought for sure it was to uh, acquire the Parganberries, but with your arrival and, and here, I think perhaps uh, maybe I was meant to meet you. Maybe, maybe. There's a lot of maybes here. How about so we just you... have... So go on. So what do you know about the sinkhole? I thought you were sleeping. Oh, I, I thought you were just rabbiting on, and I was waiting for Volan to finish cooking some food. Okay, in that Vol case, continues I'm sleeping. Cook. He cooks, I sleep. Wake me up when it's done. Okay, so were you actually listening in? No. Not if I'm sleeping, I'm oh. not. Well, you said you were sleeping, so I wasn't sure So yeah. if you are pretending or not. Yeah. Okay, I'm sleeping. Not pretending? All right. Okay. Yeah, full on sleeping, not pretending. 
really am very sorry to press, but if I might, and if it's not, I mean, if it's not the outright infringement on you, Master Thorn, how did you arrive? Yes, you are infringing. Right, okay, I apologize. Um, but perhaps when we get back, um, you might come visit uh, in my little tent and uh, we can have a longer discussion, maybe. I'm sure that Ronveig would love to meet you. And who would Ronveig be? Oh, well, she's my traveling companion. Honestly, I couldn't have gotten here without her. She, she too is uh, one of the demon marked. Is she a servant of you? Well, she's my employee. I do pay her a salary, but I like to think that we're friends. I've, she's been working for me for a few years now. I see. Well, I'd be happy to speak with her, but... Um... I don't know. This is all a bit strange to me. I just want to uh, leave this court and uh, go back to my uh, workings to the north. Hmm. From civilized lands, though, yes. Have you, um, perhaps you've heard of my company. We're called the, the Whispering Expedition. Have I heard of his company? Actually, you would. Although through your your specific history things weren't so great back at home prior to leaving but you had picked up on quite a few things related to the family business and so you did know of a number of the other merchants and caravans clearly very well with respect to your home city but as well some of the main ones that did hit the larger metropolis cities, specifically like Perbastet, and you did know of certain caravans that would tend to cater to a very exclusive clientele. Caravans that catered to exclusive clientele that were merchants. And so you had heard of the Whispering Expedition. Okay, and what do they do? So you knew that they are a kind of caravan that would acquire creature components that would get sold to usually magical shops and alchemists and whatnot. Ah, okay. So I support that trade. Yeah. So hearing that name and knowing that they tend to deal with creature components, they're not into... The caravan is not into herbs, acquiring herbs. So coming up and looking for the Parganberry is a little bit strange from what you know of that history. So you think, uh, so it could be possibly a cover? Could be. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I do apologize for pushing. I just, it's so very odd and, um, I mean, Having a companion like uh, Ronveig for such a long time, she, um, well, she is certainly not Caucasian. I, I don't know many 
demon marked or Caucasian, but... Uh, oh, well. And he kind of mutters off a little bit as he just kind of leans back a bit and seems to enjoy more of the smoking on his, his long stem pipe. <laughs> okay. He finishes cooking up and the sounds of the jungle... I mean, it gets darker and darker, and the sounds of the jungle turn more to what is normal to night sounds or the night creatures coming out. But for all intents and purposes, you guys are left relatively alone, and the mosquitoes tend to stay away. So do we get a short rest? You indeed get a short rest. A long rest, isn't it? We're only staying for an hour. I thought we were heading out after oh, that. I thought we were sleeping overnight. Yep, nope. Mm. Don't worry, you'll be kicked awake soon. Kicked awake soon. So we can heal with heal with hit dice? With hit dice, yeah. With a healing kit. Yeah. So one healing kit usage allows you to use as many hit dice as you'd like. I would say managing Clicker and giving her like a cast for her shoulder so the arm doesn't flail around and she doesn't fucking shrug and throw up her hand all the time. <laughs> so um, I, um, while, while we're resting, I'll uh, talk about a, uh, a interesting story I um, found out about once so you get uh, additional health, Song of Rest. Um, so there's mm-hmm. extra two health. Although you look... Oh, yeah, there we go. Clicker is also going to usher... Who gets a two and who gets a three? Uh, well, someone gets two. I've given Clicker two. So are you uh, recuperating with your sleeping then, Bruce? Yes, I am. I think. Okay. I have no idea. Are you giving Song of Rest to him? <laughs> yeah, if he's using a healing surge. Does Bruce have any healing surges left? I have no idea. That's your hit dice at the bottom of your main tab. Got three. Yeah, that's how many equal to how many levels you have. So I should use them? Is that what you're trying to tell me? You need to use at least one. There you go. Okay, you also get healed for additional three. But you're... Were you at... Oh, you were at 27. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's right. What about Volan? Volan already took a one hit dice plus one of the song rest as well. So he's... He went up by 8, 9, 10, 11. So he's doing much better. I'll do another one then. Ouch. Gee, that worked really well. I'm good. I'm awake. I was going to ask if any of you guys were going to potentially want to try to attune to anything while you were there. Volan was going to attune to his hat. He doesn't have a hat. The only people who have hats, remember, is yourself with your bowler hat. The sombrero that's on Clicker's head, and you don't know where the other two are. Did the other two give him a hat back in the car? No. You gave the sombrero to Clicker, and she's wearing it. I'm very aware of how the mechanics work. 
better tuning just happens during a rest. But how, for example, would Clicker go about attuning to a sombrero he considers, she considers to be just a sombrero? It's the second time I call her he. Yeah, you can't attune if you are doing your healing. It's either or, because attuning mm -hmm. means you're taking the entire hour to sit yeah. there and focus on what's sitting in your lap. And then the revelation will just come to me? Is that how it works? Well, see, the idea is that when you attune, when you attune to something, it's basically you are magically becoming connected to it. Like you're, I don't know, maybe a how you want to interpret it, that you're becoming magically connected. And when that connection establishes, then you know what it is. Or you could let me identify it. Which I could do while you're healing. Oh, right. Because you've, you've got a pearl now. Because I'll identify the... What, what items seem magical, by the way? Well... There's no idea. Yeah. It would be up to you to decide on what you think you'd like to try to identify. Well, I'll identify the Vril Stone, certainly. We already know what that is. Oh, you want to <clears throat> you want to attune to the Vril Stone? No, I want to identify it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I told you it was a Vril Stone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but what does the Vril Stone do? He also said that in great detail. Said, oh, it does it does weird things to your magic. Yeah, it yeah. May enhance and, them or may destroy them. And and, and the way the character uh, of Thorn has been treating uh Brandon, do you think he trusts him? He doesn't believe a word I say. <laughs> so, as I said before, he's, he's, I'll be identifying a, the Vril Stone. <laughs> he's okay. an intelligent being, unlike Bruce the idiot. Hmm. Ritual then, right? Yes, I can ritual cast it. Yeah. So you focus on it after telling everybody their story and watching as they all take advantage of that and kind of slowly let the healing sink in. And you focus in on the Vril Stone and as a ritual, you do the needful for your ritual. And as you're holding it, I mean, you are absolutely certain that this is clearly a magical item and it's the oddest thing oh how would you explain it because you didn't have identify before that came with level two right um came with level three i believe so it came with level three so through your studies and through the people you know you know what the spell is supposed to do when you find magical things and you are clearly able to tell that this is when you get the sense of it one of the things that comes with it is not only are you able to tell what it does but you know the name of it as well as the school you get the feeling that this thing touches on all schools but you cannot as you focus on it as you let that spell go as the weave goes out and touches the stone and attempts to reveal the weave kind of it doesn't just dissipate and, and fall apart it is connected but it's like the weave is stuck and what you're expecting to come back i don't know maybe your spell is broken you should have been able to identify this thing 
All you know is that it seems to touch all schools. Okay. Um, all right, so I'll do the next uh, 11 minutes or so on the cream. See if that is magical. Okay. I've got a long sword too when you're finished. There you go. You identify this time as you reach out to the cream, the result is different. You reach out to the cream and you get back and you feel exactly what it is. You know that this cream, actually this gelish type cream, unguent, unguent? How do you say that word? Unguent? Unguent, that'll do. Sure. It has healing properties to it. But there are some conditions around that healing that are a little bit odd. It's clearly stronger than like a healing potion, but a little bit odd as well. Okay. Noticed. I, I, I read it. Um, I'll look at the hats as well. So I would say it's, it's 11 minutes per thing, per thing. between and conversations and in this. I would say you could identify two other things. And that's what I'll be doing. I have two hats. Is it two hats in yours? Yep. This is the one hat that you have. So the cowboy hat. Uh, you realize that this is a cowboy hat of It Was Me. And you know that while wearing it, any humanoid that you can see within 30 feet they will be forced to wear, wear a guilty expression for a minute if they fail their saving throw. Fantastic. The wizard's hat. Focusing on the wizard's hat. It is a hat of wizardry. The wizard's hat is a hat of wizardry. Wow, <laughs> what a tautology. We're all waiting for and. It can be used as a spellcasting focus for wizards. Uh, and you can try to ca ca use with it on your head. You can try to cast a cantrip that you don't know. Yeah. It must be in your the wizard spell list. And you can make an arcana check against it. And if you succeed, you're able to cast the spell. Cool. I don't know if it's worth wearing a silly the, wizard hat for that. To get that benefit. <laughs> Certainly Just not imagine for me. You get, yeah. Did we do the sombrero? Nope. Did that get done? And the and longsword? There, there's not enough time for the sombrero or the longsword. Okay. And there's no. an armband with clicker as well. Between cooking and resting and whatnot and doing the song of rest for you he, he was still able to do if you want to take some more time before continuing yes. on you you yes. can i was just about to say i'm i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna vouch for ijna Muj. if he's really exhausted he's not gonna get up after one hour one hour of sleep is is the worst the absolute worst it feels much worse than a power nap and much worse than <laughs> sleeping for two hours mm -hmm. so i'm gonna say because he's sleeping anyway and Clicker needs to recuperate, I mean, she doesn't heal within an hour. Uh, Ijnamuj isn't actually sleeping, but he is certainly just okay. totally into the 
rest. And after yeah. an hour, he he's still puffing on his pipe and just looks has a happy look on his face as he watches you guys and watches as Thorn is looking through his backpack and concentrating on things. Yeah, plus Clicker wants to talk to the others, so I think another hour of short rest wouldn't hurt. Okay. In that case, yeah, if you wanted to identify more things, go for it. She comes over with the armband and the cylindrical glass jar and the file, stone file, and of course the sombrero on her head. Which she was napping under. How many things can you do? Four. It's it's time dependent. It's not spell slot dependent. Because he's doing it as a ritual. Can I get my my long sword in there as well? Sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So Thorn is is busy being the identify factory. So the armband, holding on to that and and doing your spell, you are able to understand that the armband is an armband of water breathing. Mm. So while wearing the armband, you can speak its command word as an action to create a bubble of air around your head, allowing you to breathe normally underwater. Oh. The then what else did you want? Oh, the the glass jar and the hat. I think was that. Yeah, the glass jar, the and hat, the and the file, and the long sword, and the sword, and the stone file, hmm. the sombrero. The sombrero is a sombrero of detect magic detection. It has two charges. While wearing it, you can expend a charge to cast Detect Magic from it. Charges are non-refundable? It regains one charge at, at dawn every day. Mm-hmm. So basically you can use it twice a day, and unfortunately it doesn't recover both at the next day, but it will only recover one. Oh, that's helpful, because we can detect magic and see which it, which other things that we have here are, are magical, <laughs> so you don't have to waste <laughs> my time. There you go. Did you want to do that? Are all these things that require attunement? So, the sombrero requires attunement. So you would need to spend an hour basically focusing on it to become attuned to it in order for you to be able to use the magic. You can't just put it on and use it. The armband is also requires attunement. Cowboy hat does not. Cowboy hat does not, but the hat of boostery does. Okay. And the real cream certainly does not. You're not sure about the the real stone. You weren't able to figure that one out. And the cylindrical glass jar. You concentrate on that one, and you feel the same kind of oddity as you did on the real stone. But as you focus on it, give me an Arcana roll, please. Woo! Two, two. Wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah, got a long way with that. Like, it was a fifty-fifty man, fifty-fifty. So you sit there, and 
you feel that you should be able to push your way through this, but the activities of the day are just, it just, that little bit of that nudge is just not in you. So you, you clearly are able to tell once more, this thing seems to be tied to all schools, but you can't quite figure out what it, its specific purpose is for. The glass jar, was that the one that goes in the altar? The one with the discs, yeah. Oh, the okay. The discs and the acid inside. Looks similar to the, the broken one that yeah. Volan pulled out. Yeah, for those of you that were paying attention, it's actually a battery. <laughs> How does Bruce know that? Because Bruce finally figured it out about halfway through the session last week and went, Oh, I know what that is. Because it looked like a battery, and when he broke it up, because Bruce has 20th century knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and it was clearly a lead acid battery because of the terminals that were on it, and the discs that were lead, and the sulfuric acid that burnt you when, you, when, when it got broken. And also, you said something about there was a discharge during last week's session. What I want to know is, who invented a battery in a mythical game? This is Ivan, I'm 28, and I'm the community manager of Hammerdog Games. And I'm going to be playing Clicker, a Ravenfolk locksmith. Hello, my name is Atua, and I will be playing Thorn, the Tiefling Bard. Hi, my name's Mick, and I'll be playing Bruce, or Bert, or Bob. Pongo, Bingo, Barabbas, Bartholomew, Barry, Bird. Hi, my name is Ryan, also known as Unlucky Geek on Mixer. I'll be playing the Trollkin Warlock named Valen. And then there is me. I am Dagaba, and you're listening to a Crimson Nib podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Crimson Nib or at Facebook.com slash Crimson Nib. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please rate and review me on Google Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, good people, adieu.